This podcast is brought to you by BrunerAcademy.com, your online resource for the best public speaking, presentation, storytelling skills courses. Become a rock star communicator in any setting. Visit BrunerAcademy.com. Are you feeling stuck somewhere in your life? Maybe your relationship is in a rut. Or maybe you feel like you can't seem to get ahead when it comes to money, your health, or even your career. My guest today says she's been there, and her superpower is helping people get unstuck. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Live Your Best Life with Liz Bruner. I'm Liz, and Shira Miller has transitioned from financial ruin to prosperity, from obesity to being well, finding love, and living a purpose-driven life. Shira, welcome to the show. So glad to have you on today. Thank you. I am thrilled to be here. Thank you, Liz. The feeling of being stuck, I think, is really quite common and and maybe even universal after what we've all been through over the last couple of years because of COVID. How do you define being stuck? And what is the difference between being really stuck and, hey, let's face it, just coping with life's challenges that happen to come along the way? I define being stuck as living at odds with your desired life. Things just aren't the way that you want them to be. And there are two different kinds of stuck. The first kind, like you said, the everyday kind is a short-term kind of stuck. Maybe you're in a traffic jam and you miss an important meeting, or you forgot to bring cupcakes to your kid's school when that you were assigned (laughs) to do that on a certain day. You know, we've all been there in some capacity. So that's easy. Those kinds of stucks, while they're not fun in the moment, they pass. The other kind of stuck is more chronic. It's a longer-term stuck. No matter what you do, you feel like you're spiraling, that you really can't get out of a circumstance. Mm. Besides your day job as being a chief communications officer for a $2 billion supply chain management company, you're also a professional coach and you are now an author of Free and Clear, Get Unstuck and Live the Life You Want. I had a chance to read it recently and you write that you've gotten stuck and unstuck so many times in your life. When have you been stuck, Shira? Oh my gosh, there's so many different times. I'll I'll give you a couple of highlights. 30 years ago, actually 30 years ago this week, Wow! I decided to make a major change in my life. I didn't realize that at the time. I was obese. I was 50 pounds above my natural weight, Mm. started exercising. I had felt stuck for years and embraced wellness. And that was the first time I'd gotten unstuck after I was stuck from a circumstance. And then over time, I dealt with a major business failure during the Great Recession. I used to have a public relations firm. And when 200,000 small businesses failed that year, gosh darn, mine was one of them. (laughs) And it was a crazy time. I had a tremendous amount of debt. I had to let great employees go. I did all the work on my own for four years and ended up from all of the stress developing Crohn's disease, an autoimmune disorder. I was terribly stuck from all of that. And really, it took some time being compassionate with myself, figuring out a different way, and deciding to become a certified executive coach and take all of my talents and go back into a corporate job that's been really fulfilling for the past eight years. You gave us several places where you were stuck and then kind of got unstuck. And one of the things that you talk about in the book is that tipping point. How do we get to that tipping point? When do we know we are at that tipping point? You're at a tipping point when the pain of being stuck is worse than what you need to do to change the situation. It just Mm. becomes unbearable. You can't stay in that circumstance. 
going back to the example from 30 years ago when I was obese, none of my clothes fit. I had awful self-esteem. I had no energy. It just became so hard to be that way. Starting to move, starting to exercise felt so much better, just mm -hmm. taking those steps and breaking it down. In that case, that's how I got to that tipping point. You know, I think realizing that we're stuck and we're kind of at that tipping point and what we actually do about it <laughs> may be two different things. And one of the things that I think is so great about your book is you really do give us a step-by-step -step roadmap to kind of overcome some of those obstacles and live the life that we want. And you outlined seven specific things to get unstuck. I want to just touch on a couple of them because I want people to read the book so they can capture all of them. But one of them that I found so interesting was you don't do you. And that really is about authenticity and becoming your true self, isn't it? It is. And it's so easy to get trapped when you feel like maybe you've got imposter syndrome or you see other people succeeding in a certain way and you pretend to adopt a persona that's not yourself to be that way. Social media has only intensified it when you're looking at everybody else and thinking, you know, I've got to have that dress that Kim Kardashian is wearing or my life doesn't matter. <laughs> People are adopting behaviors that aren't themselves and that can really get you stuck. Yeah, it can. Another one that I really love also is you're on the road to nowhere. And you believe that we all have a purpose in life, that each of us is born with a purpose and it may change over time. How has your purpose evolved and what is it today? My purpose has completely evolved. It started out years ago. I just defined purpose in the sense of career. I didn't realize it was my bigger reason for being, what my why was in the world. And that changed over time. And so while I was very focused on being successful and then having clients become successful, today my purpose is helping people get unstuck and activate their full potential. And it feels so much more meaningful to have a purpose that's more about we rather than me. When reading your book, you have many great points. And one of them that I think a lot of people don't even consider is that while, yes, our purpose may change, which you just talked about, we also might lose our mojo for our purpose. Has that ever happened to you? And if so, what did you do about it? Oh, gosh, yes. Because for years, I defined my purpose as I'm going to be a successful executive. I'm going to do certain things in my career. And then when my business failed. <laughs> I was, uh, what does this mean? What is my identity? I mean, I had to really think deep about who I was and my place in the world and redefine what my purpose was after that. And it's been so much more fulfilling to live the way that I do now, having a bigger purpose. Having that bigger purpose. I mean, I love to have that conversation with people because I hear clients and friends sometimes say, well, I, I don't know what my purpose is. So what are some of the questions that we could begin to ask ourselves to dig a little bit deeper and find out what our purpose is? Start thinking about what are you passionate about? What matters most to you? And go to things that are deep to your heart. For example, your purpose might be raising a great family because you didn't have those circumstances growing up. Your purpose might be, I'm going to help fight cancer because you lost family members to it and you start raising funds, or you end up working in a nonprofit that does research. And so think about what matters most and has some emotion around it. How's that resonance for you? Mm. I'm curious, when you were growing up as a child, what did you want to be? Did you know that you had a purpose as a child? <laughs> okay, I love this question because my life is so different. 
When I was a child, I wanted to be something that I call a space engineer, which in my brain back in the 1970s was somebody who designed rocket ships and then was the astronaut taking it into outer space. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And then I started taking, you know, math beyond seventh grade proved I did not have the skill set. You mean you weren't going to be an engineer? (laughs) (laughs) No, I was not going to be an engineer. The closest I would come was maybe, I don't know, drinking tang or eating freeze-dried foods, okay? None of that was going to happen. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I love that. Okay, besides being a coach, you are also a TEDx speaker, and you've had hundreds of articles published in many recognized magazines, Shape Magazine, the Atlanta Journal, Constitution and Emory Magazine, just to name a few. And of course, then we have your full-time job (laughs) as the CCO. But you shared about that one small business that you had that fell apart during the Great Recession. I'm curious, having had that experience, because there had to have been lessons learned, what advice do you have for small business owners who may be struggling, whether it's because of the pandemic or just the challenges that come along as being an entrepreneur? People need to realize that you are in charge of your self-care and your boundaries. You might be an entrepreneur. That doesn't mean you have to work 24-7 and run yourself into the ground. You get to have boundaries with yourself, even if you're the boss of you and define what is in service of my own needs. What do I need of each day? And you can play hooky sometimes. You could go work out. You can have lunch with friends. You get to define how you work and take that power and own it. I love that setting boundaries for yourself when it comes to your own business, because I think you're right. As an entrepreneur, we sometimes can work seven days a week and we think we have to, but we really don't. And it's really hard to allow that boundary to exist. It's so true. And a lot of it is how you talk to yourself. It's your self-talk. You know, the inner critic in your voice that's talking trash about you to you. You need to practice compassion with yourself Mm -hmm. and start there. All right. So if one's purpose is to launch their own business or whatever it is, getting unstuck is a process. And you say that we can get unstuck no matter what any of us may be facing. And it doesn't always have to involve dramatic action. Sometimes it might, but not always. And a lot of getting unstuck and finding your purpose requires what you call homework. By taking that pause to activate our emotional and intuitive GPS, and I don't have to tell you this, Shira, from your coaching experience, some people just can't sit still. And to them, that feels like doing nothing when they take that pause, but it is so important to do so. Can you explain why it's important to take that pause and give us a couple of action steps that we can take to learn to pause and learn to listen to our inner GPS. Our environment these days is nonstop. You are tethered to your smart devices, to everybody else, to social media 24-7. It never stops. And when things are constantly in motion, you can't think clearly or differently about a circumstance. So it's important to take a pause in order to honestly assess where you stand What's getting you stuck? What are the barriers? What behaviors might you want to change or adopt? Mm -hmm. So you need to get quiet. Now, when I say take a pause, you don't need to, you know, jet off to Fiji for two weeks. I mean, (laughs) I'd like to do that. (laughs) Okay, right. Raise your hand. I know. I'll let you know when I charter a jet. (laughs) But you can take a pause in a couple of days or a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. And it could be as simple as changing your routine, taking a walk in a park, going to a coffee shop that's not in your neighborhood, borrowing a friend's apartment if you're limited on space so that you can 
think differently mm-hmm. in a different space and start asking yourself questions. What's going on? What do I want my life to be like? What things might I need to change? And that helps you to get the clarity. Also figuring out what would I like my desired state to be? And what I mean by desired state, it could be the absence of stress constantly, or I'd like to have more joy each day in my life. So getting clear about all that lets you start putting a plan together to create a life that includes it. I personally love journaling, and I have been journaling for almost 40 years now, and it's, it's very extemporaneous. It's, it's not logical thought. It's just whatever's coming out of my brain. And I think you also support journaling as well as a great way to get in touch with what our purpose is or just how we can get clarity on our life. Journaling is my most cherished and important tool. I try to journal each day before I actually go to the gym to set the day, these intentions, and it helps me figure everything out. I mean, I honestly think my journal is a trusted friend that I can tell anything to and helps me figure life out. Yeah, I completely agree. I think one of the hardest things for people to do, though, when they desire to make that change in their lives, once they get that clarity, is then to be able to give themselves permission to do so. And when we do give ourselves permission, it can be so empowering. How does giving permission to ourselves help us get unstuck? It makes it official. It says to the world at large, to yourself, most importantly, I deserve to make this change. I actually have a permission slip that people can fill out that gives you permission. It becomes official. Think about when you were growing up and your parents had to sign a permission slip for you to go on a trip and then everything was buttoned down when you had your permission slip. The same matters for yourself. You are Mm -hmm. saying, I'm putting my stake in the ground. I'm ready to get unstuck and it activates the process. You suggest also that people create a reverse bucket list. What is that? And what's on your reverse bucket list? So you know the concept of a bucket list. Of course. It's a list of things you want to do before you die one day. It's aspirational. In a reverse bucket list, you list everything you've already done. And I mean big or small. It could be, I went to the college that you know my heart desired. I put myself through school. I got a job that I really wanted. I was able to overcome a significant loss in my life. I encourage people, list everything because what you do, that list becomes your evidence. It helps build your confidence and reminds you of how capable you are to make changes in your life. So when you're looking to get unstuck, you go back to that reverse bucket list and you think, if I could do that, I got this. Exactly. Everything that you've accomplished from being obese to being well and from financial ruin to prosperity, those I imagine are on your bucket list as well, (laughs) from your reverse bucket list, I should say. (laughs) They are. They absolutely are. One of the sections of your book is about maintaining your trajectory. And I love the analogy that you use, which is, you know, we have regular maintenance on a car. You know, we get the oil changed, we get the oil filters fixed. When it comes to maintaining the trajectory of your life, once we've made that decision, once we've gotten clarity, once we've given ourselves permission, how then do we stay on course, Shira? What you do is create an internal assessment, and it could be, as you're trying to adopt the behavior for the long term, that you check in with yourself once a month. You and I both love journaling. Mm -hmm. That's a wonderful way to check in. I literally write the question at the top of a page, (laughs) are things working? Is everything in alignment? And you start to pay attention to what's not. For example, I'll use exercise. Let's say that it's really important to your health and well-being 
that you want to exercise four or five times a week. You get really busy at work or with things going on in your family, you stop doing that. Maybe it's dwindled to once a week or not at all. That's a check engine light that has come on going, why am I not doing this? So maybe a little bit of inquiry where you journal about it and you figure out what's going on and you realize, I stopped giving myself permission to have self-care. Get back in alignment with it. Mm -hmm. It's taking the internal assessments when things don't feel as solid, paying attention to it, and then creating a plan to get right back on track. I liken it to the peeling, if you will, of an onion, where you continue to peel a layer until you really get down to the essence of what's actually going on. It's like your own personal self-therapy, right? <laughs> it is. That's a great analogy. It's exactly like that. This show is all about living one's best life, whatever that means for people who are listening. But sometimes, I certainly believe that it takes courage to live our best life. As you think back on your life, Shira, what took the most amount of courage and how did you find it? I feel like I've had coverage at several points that I'm really proud of. The thing that's coming to my mind right now, Liz, is finding love after divorce. I'm going to go there because I spent a lot of time beating myself up, questioning my judgment. I continued to date some great guys, but I didn't forgive myself for feeling like I judged poorly and overcoming the hurt. So I had to practice self-forgiveness and really get into a place of trusting myself and realizing what I truly wanted from life, you know, a great soulmate. When I did that and worked on myself, I had the courage to, you know, get back on the saddle, whatever you want to call it. And eventually I met back in 2009, a wonderful man who's been my husband for nine years. Well, congratulations on that, especially in this day and age. I also know that gratitude is a big part of your life. It's a big part of my life. And I always love to be able to share with our audiences, how do you practice gratitude? Because that means different things to different people. I do it in several ways. There's something I do each night before I go to bed, and I call it five things I did for myself today. And what I do is I list things that I'm grateful for or actions of self-care. It's all a positive list. And it's almost like telling myself a little teeny happy bedtime story. I sleep better <laughs> afterwards, but I tend to do it and it sort of bakes it into my psyche. Sometimes I do it when I'm journaling in the morning. I actually have an exercise called gratitude rocket fuel where you list everything you're grateful for and then you set an intention and it creates rocket fuel to help get what you're trying to bring in in life. I love that. Shara's book, once again, is called Free and Clear, Get Unstuck and Live the Life You Want. And you can learn more about her book and the work that she's doing at her website, which is shiramiller.com. That's S-H-I-R-A-M-I-L-L-E-R.com, shiramiller.com. Shira, thank you for giving us clarity on how we can all get unstuck because it's going to happen in life. <laughs> it's inevitable, like challenges are inevitable. Thanks so much for helping us figure out how to get unstuck. And it's great to have you on the show today. Oh my God, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you, Liz. And thanks to all of you for listening. Please write a review, share this episode with your friends and family. And may each of you remember that you are in charge of your life. Give yourself permission to get unstuck and live your best life. Until next time, be well. This podcast is brought to you in part by Fast Twitch Media, helping people tell their stories and giving them worldwide reach. The future is in the cloud and Fast Twitch Media can take you there. Be your best digital self. 
check out fasttwitchmedia.space.